The bracket is out and we are back. Pinch hitting for Beth Mullins. I'm Courtney Lyle alongside two-time Olympic gold medalist Michelle Smith, two-time All-American Amanda Scarborough, Holly Rowe also with us. And guys, we have a bracket. Woohoo! Finally. And first thoughts, obviously Oklahoma, the number one team. But I mean, this tournament, it's got some room to get a little spicy. Man, I love how balanced it is. I, I keep saying, oh, this is a competitive regional. Oh, this is a competitive regional. So many good teams within each regional that have a chance of making an upset there. But just balance all around. And I feel like um, most people are going to be pretty happy with their seating, I think. Maybe some aren't so happy, Michelle. Yeah, a couple might not be too happy. But I think overall it's been a really balanced uh, year with a lot of parity. Yeah. And I think last year was kind of like a preview that showed us that Anything can happen. Anyone can be a JMU. Anyone can be an Odyssey Alexander and step up uh, and have their opportunity to make something happen in the postseason. Yeah, we had two unseeded teams make the Women's College World Series last year. First time that's happened since 2012. The other one, of course, was Georgia along with JMU. And the format, you know it if you're a softball fan. If you're a new fan to us, here you go. 64 teams are in. The top 16 seeds get a national seed, and they will get to host a regional the Women's College World Series starts June 2nd, and guess what? You can see every pitch right here on our ESPN family of networks. Now, seven innings live. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, Holly, you've got a star-studded lineup for us. Yes, so don't go anywhere. We are going to hear from just about every region of softball coming up next. We're going to hear from the Pac-12 champs, Arizona State coach Trisha Ford. We have got the ACC Pitcher of the Year from last season, Keely Rochard. The SEC Pitcher of the Year from this season, Shanice uh, Dells is going to join us. She is a newcomer to that Arkansas team and has been so unbelievable. And then don't forget the big bashers. We got you covered. Jada Cody from UCF. We'll hear from the newcomers in the tournament. Star-studded show. Get to know these young people. And we will hear more coming up next on 7 Innings Live. Awesome, Holly. Jada Cody's got to be fired up. They get to host for the first time. Here is your lineup card. If you're familiar with 7 Innings, get it out. Write your lineup down with us. We are starting with some history made because, you know, one of the funnest parts of revealing the bracket is seeing who those teams are. They're going to be the first time in the tournament at all, the first time hosting. And this year, guys, we have four teams making their very first appearance in the NCAA tournament all time and then four teams who are going to host for the first time. Yeah, and you think about the new blood, too, like Duke and Clemson, who are newer programs just in the, in the scheme of college softball. So major props to those programs because Clemson has gotten a top 10 seed in three years. And then Marissa Young, Duke, done it so quick. The way that they've been able to build the, that program, build the culture there, they've quickly been able to get athletes, get recruits, amazing facilities in the ACC, and be able to, to get that seed. Yeah, I'm really excited for UCF because Cindy Ball Malone had said early on in the season that she wanted to make sure her team was tested. They're gritty. They're scrappy. And she said, if we do everything right, if we play a really, really hard preseason, I think that we can host. And that really was the goal. She said it. She verbalized it to her team. And now it's come true. So I'm really excited to see how they handle this opportunity. Yeah, and some of these teams, they've been here before, but they're getting their best seed ever. And that's really exciting, too. You have teams that have never been better. Florida State with a two-seed, Virginia Tech with a three-seed. I mean, you see, softball is just elevating and elevating, and I think we saw a piece of that with the parity last year in this tournament. Absolutely, and I love the fact that Arkansas has really put their stamp on the regular season, the SEC, and the tournament championship. Now they've got a regional, potential super regional, and then trying to punch that ticket to the Women's College World Series, that would be a first for them as well. Yeah, all right. Going to number two on our lineup card, guys. A little 
Boomer, Sooner. <laughs> Let's go. Um, talking about the number one team in the nation, Oklahoma. Now, they just lost their only their second game of the season to Oklahoma State in that Big 12 championship game. Any concern, Michelle? No concern whatsoever. This is a team that knows how to win. They have a championship mindset, and Patty Gasso is very firm with that. And she knows that she wants this team to be very well challenged. And how do you get challenged? How do you step up? Sometimes it's a setback for a setup. And Jocelyn Allo has just been an all-star all year long. 113 career home runs, 25 on the year. She swings for average as well. She is just so fun to watch. And then in the circle, you have Jordy Ball. What is her condition? Will she be able to play? We obviously hope so, because she has a lot of energy in the circle. I love to watch her pitch, the excitement. She is just a baller from start to finish. But this is a really good staff. And you know, if, if for some reason, Jordy Ball is not able to pitch. I've always said this about Oklahoma. I feel like their fourth best pitcher is their offense because they can put so many <laughs> runs up on the board, just pull them all out of the bullpen and let them bop the ball out of the yard. And, and sometimes your offense can be your best defense. Yeah, and it was I think it was important, too, for Patty Gasso to get some of her other pitchers, those important yeah. innings in the Big 12 tournament, home trout line was fantastic a season high 14 strikeouts for her in that first one so should be interesting for Oklahoma uh, Amanda are you looking at this Arizona State team out of the Pac-12 okay Trisha Ford and crew yeah just hanging up there in that upper left hand part of the bracket ASU just has really proven some things this season I think that they were motivated by the fact that they lost in regionals and they were bringing that motivation into this season to prove like hey we don't want to lose at home again we want to make it to super regionals regionals we want to make it to the women's college world series but they have a really tough regional with san diego state fullerton and lsu the ball will be flying asu has hit so many home runs but sydney sanders specifically for me 20 home runs 61 rbis can't wait for the world to see her i feel like we haven't talked about her enough she's one of the, not just one of the best freshmen she's one of the best players in the entire country so i like how this asu team has come together she definitely doesn't do it alone they have a deep lineup a very special swaggy confident team out of ASU. Ooh, love a good swaggy team. <laughs> and their swaggy head coach, Trisha Ford, is standing by with Holly Rowe. Well, hey, coach, how are you? Congratulations, winning the Pac-12 championship for the first time since 2011. And you've done it with such a variety of people. I want to get to your freshmen because they are saying the country needs to know more about her. So let's introduce her. Uh, Sydney Sanders has been terrific. She is just a freshman, though, the Pac-12 freshman of the year. What is so great about her? How she come along so quickly? Well, I just like to call her a professional hitter. I mean, she just doesn't hit with the emotion. She is very, um, I don't know, just very calm and has a very precise uh, plan of attack when she gets in the box. And usually that doesn't come along until their junior and senior years, quite honestly. And she just has that ability to um, really stick to a plan, lay off certain pitches, and then hammer those that come in her zone. Let's talk about how your team got off to a great start this year. You know, you swept the first four Pac-12 series that you played this season. I mean, you don't just go through the pack like that. And then you have to go on the road to Washington for Gabby Plain Senior Day to win the title. Where has this team found their resilience and grit? But yeah, I think it started off with our bumps that we had in the beginning of the year, to be honest with you. We lost a lot last year, and this team kind of had to find their own um, you know, kind of pizzazz. And I think that they did. They found out who, you know, from top to bottom of our lineup, who's going to be able to contribute. And I think what makes us so hard um, to, to, you know, defeat is that top to bottom, our lineup can hurt you. And I think they've done a really, we've just done a really good job of 
um, you know, moving runners and hitting the ball hard. And, and obviously we've taken care of business in the circle. So I think it just took us some time this year. And um, Gabby threw a heck of a game against us on Thursday. I was didn't get a lot of sleep after that game. It was probably one of the best games I've seen her throw. And uh, she's a heck of a pitcher. Your team was able to come back and get the win, though, on Sunday. So let me ask you this before we let you go. You talked about you're able to get it done in your lineup. You're able to get it, do it to do it in the circle. But let's talk about the home run ball. Five athletes on your team, double-digit home runs. Why do you have such a deep roster and great hitters this season? Well, I would say first and foremost, um, you know, Coach Harger has done a tremendous job. Uh, but I think what we really do a great job is understanding and recruiting kids that fit our, our mold. And I think what we do is, you know, we're not trying to hit home runs. We're trying to hit the ball hard and we're trying to drive the ball, um, you know, out of the park and off the walls. And so uh, it's not a home run swing. It's just trying to square up balls and hit them hard. I mean, we're strong. Um, you know, they work hard, you know, in the weight room. And, and honestly, it's just about kind of aligning their swing pass um, to the ball. All right, Trisha Ford, Pac-12 champs. You have been to the World Series recently. We cannot wait to see if this team can get back there again. Thank you so much, Coach. All right. Thank you. And you guys, the ball comes off of their bat differently. They want to hit yeah. the ball hard. They want to hit the wall, and that's so true. But I also wanted to give a little credit to their pitching staff, who has kept them in a lot of games and done a really nice job for Trisha Ford, their, their pitching coach. Marissa Schultz, Lindsay Lopez, she's a lefty. Love that staff. Just a complete team, this ASU team. Yeah, it's going to be a fun team to watch for sure. Hey, guess what? We're not done with seven innings because we just started. And there's so much more to talk about. More interviews coming up, more breakdowns coming up, more reactions for you. Our bracket is set and 64 teams know how they will have to go to get to the Women's College World Series. More when we come back on Seven Innings Live. a pretty fun day to be a softball fan don't you ladies think absolutely the bracket is here we are ready can we start games tomorrow I'm sure no team actually wants to do that but <laughs> hey, we've got a Twitter poll for you because we talked about the upsets last season which team outside of the top eight will advance to the women's college world series because you know usually if you're a top eight seed if you win you get to host your regional and your super regional so We'll see. Make sure you vote at seven innings right now on Twitter, and we'll have your answers later in the show. Moving on in our lineup card, number eight, we are high on the hogs. And, guys, a special treat. Amanda has agreed to call the hogs for us on the show. I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know <laughs> if I, like, quite know how to do Ooh. it. I think it has a little bit to do with this. But um, <laughs> look at Courtney, I know, but look at Courtney <laughs> Diefel's team this year. I mean, it's impressive what they've done. They seem pretty well-rounded, and they've got some big-time star power. Yeah, 100% agree. And they're so tough to beat twice because they didn't lose any SEC series. So the fact that you have to – lose twice to get out of the NCAA tournament is going to be a hard thing for Arkansas and the opponents that play them. But their offense is really surrounded by a lot of great speed at the top with KB Sides. She added that coming in from Alabama. And they didn't have that last year. But with KB Sides, the SEC Player of the Year, doing what she does best, taking bases and having a really good eye. She takes a lot of walks, finds a way to get on base, and she's hit 12 home runs this season. So that's what, a big part of why she was the SEC Player of the Year. But she's just not the only person in this lineup that matters when you have Lenny Malk and the ball comes off of her bat so hard. Hannah McEwen, what she's done for the Arkansas program. Hannah Gamble and Danielle Gibson, top to bottom in this lineup. They are just so good and truly 
one of the best offenses in the country. So it's going to be tough for teams to play them in this regional and try to keep their, their offense down, especially because they're I didn't know this before, but Fayetteville apparently has a little bit of altitude, Michelle. And so it's the, the highest, is that the it, highest altitude in the SEC? Yes, it is the highest altitude in the oh, SEC. That's not your shagging stat? <laughs> well, it was mine, but guess what? Oh. Someone just threw it out yeah. the window. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. The ballpark does make a big difference. We're going to probably see the home runs, obviously, at Arizona State, but also Fayetteville, the ball leaves the yard, so exciting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we talked about some star power. Well, one of those stars is the SEC Pitcher of the Year, Shanice Dells, and Holly has her right now. Well, Shanice, they are talking about calling the Hogs, and you are a transfer into this program coming from Tulsa. I wondered, how long has it taken you to call the Hogs? Do you know how? Do you know how? Uh, I do now. It took me... I like a couple football games, so I learned quickly because people kind of look at you crazy if you don't call it right. Well, good. Okay, so they're not looking at you crazy now because you have come in and become just like an incredible pitcher. Um, you won two state championships in high school in Oklahoma and went to Tulsa. And I'm obsessed with this story of you were at the Women's College World Series last year, but you were not playing on the field. What were you doing, and how did that drive your decision to transfer to Arkansas? Um, I was a, I was called a runner, so I would, like, take, um, crates of food and, like, drink the concessions when they would run low, and, you know, uh, and I was also day, um, sick, um, for the teams while they were practicing, so I got to watch teams, and they were just having a blast out there, so it was kind of like, oh, I want to be here when they, um, do that. And so now here you are, you transfer to Arkansas, you've put in the work. How have you been able to be so dominant in one of the most difficult conferences in America in the circle this season? Well, um, coming here, I got a lot of help from Coach Floyd. And it's been a lot of hours um, trying different things and we found something that worked for um, me. And so I've been just continuing to practice that. And then also knowing that there's a great defense and a great offense behind me. I mean, that helps with the confidence as well. And you guys are coming off some really big highs. You won the regular season SEC championship. Then you win the tournament. So many firsts for this program. What is special right now with your team? What does it feel like to be part of this group making all this history? Oh, it feels great, especially because, I mean, we each other and we just have a blast. So, what to do um, what we've done so far it just feels great well thank you so much I know that this is this is my favorite story I'm obsessed with that you were working in concessions last year at the World Series and now you have an opportunity to be pitching in the circle thank you for taking a chance on yourself and showing us all of your great talent and I know you've got to take it a game at a time but how cool would that be to see Shanice in Oklahoma City, where she is from, pitching for the Razorbacks? Thank you. That is a great find, and only one that our Holly Rowe could find herself. <laughs> yeah. Guys, two pitchers here. When you watch Shanice Dell's pitch, what do you see? It's that drop ball for me, Courtney. And you meant she kind of led on to the fact that she 
started to do something a little bit different. She practiced it, learned it within one day, and that drop ball is what sets up her rise ball and also helps her complement Mary Half in the circle too because Mary Half, more of a rise ball pitcher, so that she's able to come in and do something a little bit different. But that drop ball, she can throw it high, she can throw it low, good chase pitch, and that really sticks out to me. What sticks out to you? I, I love her demeanor in the circle. Yes. She is not too high. She's not too low. She just has this innate ability to just be in the moment for one pitch at a time. And she's just been outstanding and a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, very cool. So Arkansas coming in the number four seed this year. I want to move on here and take a look at a team that has won more national titles than anyone. UCLA, really interesting. They have a better seed than the Pac-12 yeah. tournament champion in Arizona State, Michelle. Well, UCLA, again, is one of those teams that can do it all. They've got the experience. I find really intriguing, however, is Megan Faramo, unable to play last year in the Women's College World Series because she had a hand injury. So how amped up is she going to be to help get this team back to Oklahoma City? I think largely so. Holly Acevedo is also an amazing pitcher. She has just blossomed this year. Her changeup is outstanding, so you better be able to hit a good changeup if you're going to be playing UCLA. And then, of course, they know how to run. They know how to score runs, and they have all that experience. And when you put all of that together, that's just a winning combination, and that's why we have seen UCLA year after year in the Women's College World Series. I'm really excited to see how they performed this year um, without Aaliyah Jordan, who was injured earlier in the year. So a lot, lot of a lot of good stuff to, to pay attention to. Well, that's what I was going to say, Michelle. The fact that they lost to Leah Jordan, yeah. arguably yeah. their best hitter on the team early in the season, they still grabbed that five seed is what sticks out to me. And other players like Bree Perez and Delaney yeah. Wiz have stepped up offensively yeah. to help fill that void. Yeah, and I just got to give a shout-out, too, again, to the Grand Canyon Lopes, who they'll be playing. My favorite <laughs> fact of this tournament is that their head coach – Used to coach basketball at Abilene Christian. And now he's got the Lopes in the tournament. That's incredible. <laughs> All right, guys, will you join me on our next lineup card segment? You put your right hand in. You put your right hand out. You put your right hand in. And you shake, shake it all about. Out. You do the hokey pokey. And we are talking about Virginia Tech. I know I didn't turn it all around. Dang it. We're talking about Virginia Tech, of course. They are going to get to host for the very first time. Now, they've been seated before, but they didn't get to host. I think it was back in 2007. Yeah, and Keely Richard can deal. She flat out has the ability to spin the ball through the zone. I love Emma Lindley as well, the freshman. But this is a team that really can do it all. I was slightly worried about their offense at the beginning of the year, and then they just kept winning and winning and winning, and then I was no longer worried about their offense. Yeah. So, so this is a team that can obviously pitch. They can play great defense behind their really good pitchers, and then they can also put runs up on the board. Another one of these teams, and I think we see this with all these top eight seeds, they're just really, really complete. So this is a team that's a lot of fun to watch. I'm excited for them to be at home and to have that crowd, to feel that energy, this is just this is just a great club. Well, and last year they got so close. They played UCLA yep. in Super Regionals, took them down to that game three, and ended up losing. But Virginia Tech did that without Emma, uh, Emma Limley. And so they have her as a freshman this year to have, as a one-two punch with Keely Rochard. So a really nice addition as well as that offense that Michelle mentioned. And now they get that big seed. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Keely Rochard pitch, you should. And she is standing <laughs> by with Holly Rowe. Hey, Keely, I want to take it back to February. We did an interview together the very first week of February, and you said to me at that time, there's something different about our team this year. How did you build on that to become the champions that you are? Um, I think we really just trust each other a lot. Um, when something's not working one game, we pick up in a different part of the game, so... Um, really, it's just working with what you got every single day and uh, giving it your best and trusting each other. 
You guys really did learn how to trust each other last year in the NCAA tournament. You have told me that this was like a springboard for your group, realizing you could go to Tempe and win. You could go to UCLA and pick up games off the Bruins. What did the team learn about themselves last year in the NCAA tournament that now that you're hosting, now that the target's on your back, you, you guys have learned what it will take to advance? Yeah, um, I think we just learned, like, to focus on the little things and not really um, worry about the outcome. Um, I think especially going to Supers, uh, we won the first game. And then after that, we were just like, oh, we're one, game, one win away, one win away. Um, and we just have learned to focus on every single game. Um, like we're one win, like we're one win away. Um, so yeah, really just focusing on the small parts. You know, you have been so dominant in the circle this season, 23 wins. And the thing that really stands out to me, 293 strikeouts. What is your best strikeout pitch that is really rocking and rolling for you right now that you're like, all right, bring it NCAA tournament. You're about to see my best stuff. Yeah, probably just still my rise ball. Um, but I think it helps that I can mix a lot. So it sets up my rise ball better. All right. Well, we can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see the Hokies hosting at home. And Keely is a Virginia native from Williamsburg, Virginia, and she has done such a great job for Virginia Tech. will be fun to see the Hokies. And they will turn it all around and do the hokey pokey. <laughs> Holly, I realize if Michelle's doing it, she's got to stick her left hand in. Next time. Next time. I got it. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, speaking of pitching, um, Alabama's got some talented arms in the circle, Amanda. Yeah, of course, with Montana Fouts and Lexi Kilfoyle. I'm really hoping to see Lexi Kilfoyle back out there in the circle for Alabama because she's so good and a good compliment to Montana Fouts. But remember, Montana Fouts pitched in the Women's College World Series, and she threw that perfect game last season. That's when she really took off. I mean, she is a role model and an inspiration to so many young pitchers, so many young softball players out there across the country. Has some of the best stuff. Throws hard, 70 miles an hour, up in the zone with her rise ball. Can also work a drop ball and a curveball. She's really long. She's really tall. And still, she's one of the best pitchers in the country for a reason. So I can't wait to watch her pitch this postseason and see if she's able to take it to a new level. And I would like to add that she threw that perfect game on her birthday on National Donut Day. So, you know, that to me was a very special very, very special. And now I want donuts. Performance. <laughs> Do we have to name the show? Is that National Donut Day in the running? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been a lot of fun so far. Seven innings live, still continuing. And so many more teams to talk about. So many more interviews coming up as our bracket is set with all 64 teams in place. What a big day for our sport. The tournament starting this week. Back here on Seven Innings Live, we got a little more comfortable over here a on the side. <laughs> yeah, a lot more comfortable. We're excited to be with you. Hey, if you weren't with us in the first hour, the bracket is out. You can find it right now at Seven Innings on Twitter. And uh, really exciting stuff. Let's talk a little bit about, oh, so let's say the Florida Seminoles, guys. Um, they're a pretty good team. They're the number two seed. They've been there before. They've got a lot of experience, Amanda. Yeah, just coming off of winning that ACC championship and the way that they just do everything. I, like, I feel like when the lights come on for them, when they're on national TV, when they're playing in a game three or a game, uh, their season on the line, that's when they play their very best. 
Cat Sandercock has been so good for them. And I think that's another player, another pitcher that just doesn't get enough attention for how good she is and how she performs. I like uh, Janai Kerr and the way that she plays center field and her at bats. And Michaela Enfield, truly one of the best freshmen in the country with the power that she has. Such a great addition back behind the plate for the Knowles. This is not a joke. I was just getting ready to do that interview with Lonnie Alameda, and I wanted to talk about Catherine Sandercock. And I kept looking up her stats. And I was like, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. She's 29 and one. I like kept, yeah. kept refreshing it, thinking it had to be wrong. And she has been dominant. I am just so impressed with how dominant she has been. She has such good composure in the circle. She's not afraid of anyone. Mm -hmm. She corrects herself when she makes mistakes. I just think she's someone we should be talking about a lot more nationally. Yeah, and, and they have a full staff as well. And I like the fact that Lonnie Alameda's done a really good job of trying to get some of her younger pitchers some innings because she knows at some point that, you know, Catherine Sandercock might need a little bit of help. So love the fact she's prepping everybody. Yeah, and I think, too, uh, remember, Lonnie Alameda was a pitching coach for Team Canada this season. I've gotten to work with Danielle Laurie a lot uh, this year, and she talks about how, what a difference Lonnie makes, that she's such a calming presence. And I think that helps, too, when you've got a lot of different arms in the circle. Lonnie knows how to manage that kind of pitching staff. Yeah, and she felt like one of the things that she noticed last year in playing in the Champ Series finals against Oklahoma was that, you, that she needed a deeper pitching staff. She just really relied on two and really felt like she needed to develop those pitchers um, later in the season. That's what you saw her do late in the season was get those other pitchers besides Kat Sandercock and Daniel Watson some innings that they're more prepared for the postseason in case they do make a run at Super Regionals, make a run yeah. at the Women's College World Series. And, and we talk about how good the arms are, but I think also another consideration is how good of a pitch caller Lonnie Alameda yeah. is. She does her homework. They scout teams tremendously, and they know how to attack their weaknesses. So not only are you going up great arms, great drops, rise balls, now you got to figure out what the – hit when it's coming. Okay, I do have to add one more thing. I've been waiting till <laughs> I got my turn to join the set to um, tell Courtney she's done a really great job. She got yes. pulled up out of the bullpen. But number two, is no one going to talk about her softball dress? Like, you couldn't host a better show in a dress that looks like a softball. So congratulations on all of it. I just Thank had you, so Molly. Yes. I appreciate yeah. that. You're welcome. <laughs> I look like a softball. In Love the best it. possible In sense. the best possible way. Well, your necklace is even like some seams. I mean... Yeah. Guys, love it. love it. Four seam fastball coming. Pimo, we miss you. Okay, moving on. Guys, so interesting yesterday. How about Oklahoma State? I was there to see Oklahoma State take down Oklahoma. And I will say in their first game in the Big 12 tournament, maybe not the best Oklahoma State team, but I feel like they got better as the tournament went on. Yeah, this is an Oklahoma State team that's very talented. I think they're still trying to figure things out at time. Uh, you know, they have Bree Evans at, at second base, a freshman who is outstanding. I don't think she knows how good she is, but this team can pitch. Miranda Elsh brings some energy. Kelly Maxwell, one of the best lefties in the entire country. You have Sydney Pendleton, who has just been an anchor at third base. So I love everything about this Oklahoma State team and the energy they bring, especially playing at home in Stillwater, where it's a very um, smaller setting and the, the fans are in the outfield. So I think that this is going to be a great environment for Oklahoma State. They did a great job last year, punched their ticket to the Women's College World Series. It'll be interesting to see how this regional turns out. We just had the Oklahoma State at Oklahoma Series two weeks ago, and there was a point in that series where Oklahoma State could have really crumbled and not been competitive. You know, Oklahoma yeah. was on them. And I just think where they have rebounded to, that they didn't crumble at that point of the season, yep. and they come back and win the tournament title, I just think that's a huge piece for Kenny Gajewski and that staff. 
they, they really didn't look great at times against Oklahoma, and they pulled it together. And Kenny Gajewski did tell us this weekend that he didn't feel like the moment was too big for them, though. Right. Going into Oklahoma, that can be intimidating. I mean, going to play in the Big 12 tournament in Oklahoma City, it was almost like an Oklahoma home game. He didn't feel like that moment was too big for this group. Yeah, and real quick, a shout-out to Morgan Day, who's just been out. Sorry, I stole, I know, I'm still no. stealing your thunder. <laughs> right? Has she not been great? I'll let you go. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it over to you. Well, no, it's a big deal <laughs> because Kenny Gajewski has said since February, I feel like I have one of the best pitching staffs in the country, and they had Morgan Day and Miranda Ellish yep. and Kelly Maxwell, and unfortunately, Miranda Ellish has been injured, and Morgan Day has really stepped up big time. I mean, the way that she's throwing, she is confident, she is fearless, and stepping yeah. into a role behind Kelly Maxwell that looks Looks like she's been there all year. Yeah, absolutely. And she was so tough. I did this challenge with Danielle. Can you spell Gajewski? Yes, I can. It's um, it looks like G A G A J E W S K I. <laughs> Don't test me, Courtney Lyle. What's wrong with you? Do you know who I am? I do, Boom. and I, I'm leaving the set. Um, <laughs> okay, look, we have some players um, in this tournament that need to be not off the radar. They need to be on your radar because there are some great players that could make a lot of noise in this tournament. Mm-hmm. And, and let's start with Georgina Korik in the circle. I mean, she's a four-time conference pitcher of the year, leading the nation in K's and wins. Yeah, Ken Erickson likes to call her George, and you know what she throws <laughs> like she is a boss in the circle. Her rise ball just is jumpy. Her drop ball goes down. She's got a good changeup. I mean, her numbers are staggering. 100, excuse me, 266 innings pitch, over 400 strikes out, a minuscule ERA of 0.53. She's just very talented, very composed, a lot of fun to watch, you know, and can do major, major damage in this tournament. Okay, so that's a really good pitcher. <laughs> I have a hitter that I need everybody Ooh. to know about for Wichita State. We've She'll been be pitcher heavy on this show, so get it, <laughs> yes. give us some big boomers. Give us some. Addison Barnard, you guys, yeah. for Wichita State, yes. 32 home runs, 82 RBIs, and 25 stolen bases to boot. The fact that she did not get a top 25 finalist for National Player of the Year blows my mind. She should be in the top 10. I feel like this was the biggest miss. It is a huge opportunity to watch her play the game of softball and watch her step up to the plate and hit the ball further than almost anybody else in the country. She's a big deal. She's going to make some noise in Fayetteville, and I can't wait for the world to get to watch her play. Yeah, outstanding. The conference player of the year. I mean, such a good player. And some other players on the radar. Um, how about Jay Cody for UCF? Because they're going to host. Yeah, this is really exciting for UCF. This is the first time that they will get to host. You know, this is new territory for them. But Jada Cody, she is a very young player, and I know that uh, she is going to join us in just a second here, I think. But um, Jada is a young player that has found a way to be consistent in the lineup. Um, Do we have Jada? Yeah, I think think we do have her, yes. Okay, great. Jada, how are you? I'm good. How are you? So grateful to have you here. Okay, I wanted to get to your freshman year. Last year, you come in and just take this team by storm. But the thing that I was the most impressed with was your discipline at the plate. Just 11 strikeouts last season. This year, 23. But how have you been able to come in and be very competitive in the box in Division One early in your career? Um, it just starts with practice. Um, my preparation uh, throughout the season and before season just started there. Um, and we just like just competing um, in the box and just having the motto of just living in the moment is definitely like my big thing this year. So um, it's just definitely came far away, but um, it definitely goes to my coaching staff this year. 
you know, we we were watching all of the different team reactions, and I'm going to unofficially give the award for best reaction to UCF. What has the vibe been like there since you guys heard that you get to be in your home, you get to be a top national seed? What What's it been like there? Um, it's definitely a dream come true. Um, that was definitely one of our goals this year. So just knowing that um, our whole fans will be there is definitely exciting. And, um, it's definitely exciting just to be the first time um, in program history to do this. J.D., you guys played a tough schedule and had some losses early on this season, but it really seems like you guys have finished the season just so strong. What is it about this team that, that leads it to be able to finish strong despite those losses and failures early on? Um, I just think the beginning of the season was just a challenge for us. Um, I definitely um, appreciate the beginning of the season. It definitely tested us. We have a um, young group this year. Um, we have about like 15 underclassmen. So just like Clearwater and on the beginning of the season definitely helped us grow the season. So I'm definitely just grateful for the strength of schedule that we had this year. It definitely has allowed us to grow, and I'm excited for the rest of the season. And Jada, what are you most excited about for this regional tournament with your fans? What, what, what is the one aspect, obviously, other than playing softball? Um, definitely just playing at our home field. Um, I know our fan base is going to be crazy, and knowing that a whole bunch of family members are coming in town from and everybody that's from California and people around. So just having the atmosphere and um, having like this for, being the first time for everyone on the team is definitely very exciting. Well, thank you for joining us. So proud of the consistency you found. Just a sophomore, the future is so bright for Jada. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Awesome. You can see Jada Cody and UCF hosting as the number 16 seed. Very exciting. And, yeah, we're not done yet. Those are some players that should be on the radar. What's coming up next? More reaction, more breaking down of the bracket. What a great day. Some happy teams out there. Back here on 7 Innings Live, Courtney, Holly, Amanda, Michelle, we're all here and we're breaking down the bracket and it's time to, you know, take a big swing and touch them all with these two. <laughs> How'd you like that? <laughs> okay, first, looking at these regionals, guys, we're going to go regional with the most home runs. We're going to start with Michelle. What do you think? I think uh, I'm, I'm going to say Duke, and I know that a lot of people might be surprised by that, but I think there's going to be a lot of home runs flying out of the yard. Where's my notes? Um, <laughs> I, there is a total of 292 home runs um, coming into that regional. I think it's outstanding. So UGA has 101. Liberty, um, they can bop it out of the yard as well. They have 56. Um, UMBC has 43. And, of course, Duke hits the long ball. They have 92 of them. So I think those are going to be big boppers. Mine's going to be Fayetteville in Arkansas because of the fact that Arkansas has hit only over 100 home runs. Why are you laughing? Because it's that high altitude. It is a high altitude <laughs> in Fayetteville, right? That, Michelle told me that, and I was, my mind was blown, and now I'm, like, stuck on it. I can't stop thinking about it. And then they also have Wichita State, who's hit 118 yes. home runs as a team. You guys, there are only five teams who have hit more than 100 home runs this season, and Fayetteville has two of them. <laughs> yeah. You good, Holly? I'm okay. I'm all <laughs> choked up about the altitude because I'm from Utah. We have real altitude, and I'm like, hey, it feels like this big. I know. <laughs> it's like stepping up on this table. Well, considered to, to who else is in the SEC, it's like sea level of Florida or Fayetteville. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, regional with the best pitching. Amanda, we'll start with you for this one. Yeah, I'm going to Tuscaloosa with Alabama. The fact that Montana Fouts will be there in Tuscaloosa and also Murray State. They have the fifth best ERA in the nation, 
and Stanford, you guys, who have had some good wins against UCLA, ASU, and several other teams. Elena Vodder, a 1.91 ERA for them. So I feel like Tuscaloosa, runs are going to be really hard to come by there. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Florida State and Tallahassee. Obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about how good Florida State is with uh, Catherine Sandercock. But how about South Florida, right? And yes. Corrick showing up. So I think um, there's going to be a lot of strikeouts in that uh, that regional. So oh. be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. All right, so moving on to our scariest number two seed. Ooh, who you got? Michelle, <coughs> starting us off here. I am going to go with Texas um, because for a couple reasons. I think that they probably are going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're thinking that maybe they deserved a um, host. Yeah, what did you think about this reaction? Yeah, I think that says it all. Like, I think they're like, yay, we're going, but whoa, maybe we thought that we were going to be hosting in Austin. Instead, they're going to be packing up and hitting the plane and getting out to Washington. This is a very talented team that can do some damage. Holly Delcini was the first pitcher to beat Oklahoma. You've got Janae Jefferson, probably one of my favorite all-time players who can, who can really do it over at second base, and um, Mackenzie Parker. So this is a very talented Texas team, but I think they're going to have a l little chip on the shoulder. Okay, so can we talk about the elephant in the room or the, the, the two birds in the room? Because, <laughs> you know, obviously Mike White, uh, flipped off the crowd or the umpires, whoever he was flipping off, he's apologized. We actually asked the selection committee, yeah. did his behavior, was that a consideration at all? And they said, absolutely not. So any of the conspiracy theorists out there, yeah. that was not a factor in where they were seated. That was a very lukewarm reaction, I think, from the Texas team. Yeah. But that was not a consideration. Yeah, I think, yeah. well, when you play at Texas, you expect to host and you expect to be a top 16 seed for right. sure. And it's, it is a bit of a letdown because it means a lot for your program. It means a lot to sleep in your own bed. And I thought that it was so funny you said hit the plane to go to Washington because they're literally going to have to hit, hit Gabby plane, plane if they get to face Washington. <laughs> so I don't know if you meant to say that or not, but that, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, my scariest number two seed is Michigan. This is a team that we had really high expectations for in February with the pitchers Alex Duraco and Megan Bobian. And I still have high expectations for this team because they have the lefty in Bobian. They have the hard right-handed thrower in Storaco. Taylor Bump has been really good for them late. And also Burkhart has come into this program and just been a difference maker for them. So they'll be in Orlando at UCF. And this Michigan team, you guys, they have Carol Hutchins as their head coach. She has the most career wins as a softball head coach out of any other coach. Yeah. Okay, can I just have a quick little physics lesson? Because you've talked to this to us about the desert. Yes. What Does the ball not move well at sea level? Um, well, the, the air is different. So the air is a little heavier, so the ball doesn't travel as, as far through thicker air. And, you know, in the desert, uh, in Fayetteville, <laughs> relative to the rest <laughs> of the SEC, um, the air is thinner. It's a little drier. Oh, and, uh, and so with that altitude, it does make a difference. It's, um, it is a big part of the game. I, if you go out to... Phoenix or you go out to Tucson and you just see the angle the ball comes off the bat it looks like it's a routine fly ball to center field and all of a sudden it's you know it's 30 feet beyond the fence and a lot of that just has to do with the physics of the way a ball travels off of the bat through the air so my home run region I know we passed that but I'm just piecing this all together now it's going to be in Tempe it's okay, Tempe. continue please exactly, continue. exactly. <laughs> that's a good option fantastic so we've learned a lot we've also learned that Michelle continues to wear numerous hats you do pretty much everything <laughs> True. All right, when we come back, it's the best segment of seven innings. Well, Holly's, we forgot. Hold oh, on. I'm sorry. We, we have still have one more. Mm -hmm. The oh. scariest number three. Scariest seeds. number three. I got ahead of myself. No, and I got so a, afraid of the twos. This is big yeah. because both the teams that Michelle and I picked were 
two of the last four teams to get into the tournament. Yeah. And which is shocking to me because USF was going to be my team. It was the scariest number three seed with Georgina Korik in the circle for them. She's last a, a lasting legacy at USF yep. with tons of strikeouts, wins for them. Truly is a pitcher who can beat anybody in the country. A .53 ERA this entire season. So watch out for USF. And mainly I say this because of Georgina Korik. I know, Michelle, that you've had a chance to watch her pitch. And sadly, those days are coming to an end for us. So USF could be playing their best ball this season, this last couple of weeks in May, and hopefully finding their way to the Women's College World Series, and it would be because of her. Yeah, and I'm going to go with the scariest number three seed as uh, Wichita State because that is a team that can, again, do damage. They hit the long ball. They're going to be in Fayetteville where the ball flies. And so, as we've 100, yes, 118 home runs on the year coming into this regional. Um, Shanice Stells is probably going to be dealing that drop ball, trying to, you know, keep them in the yard. So I think when they show up, um, you got to be prepared because they can swing at the entire team. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this got scratched. Holly, I know you're upset about okay, it. Okay, so I thought we had a category for the best food. Like if we have four places that are hosting for the first yeah. time, if fans are going, you're going to the ballpark that I thought we would do a whole food segment, but it got scratched. But I'm just going to say don't sleep on Clemson. They are hosting for the first time. Make sure you check out the SL Club and Calhoun Corner. So you get um, to travel for other sports. Well, <laughs> these are these teams are hosting for the first That's time. That's why so I'm having fans. No, Clemson much. is a great sports town yeah. for softball fans. Just going there, I go there a lot for football, mm. and I think Clemson is going to be yeah. fired up. Fired you know, up. they yes. built a brand new stadium when they yeah. launched that program, and they've already almost run out of room. They're going to have yeah. to revamp it already yeah. because they've got so much interest. So I'm really excited for the Clemson Tigers, and that's going to be a fun, fun place to see softball this weekend. Love it. So there's your food tip for the day. There okay, this time, am I okay to go to break now? Are we good? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. great. Yes. Let's go. Hey, when Grab we it. come back, it's our favorite segment. <laughs> Holly's going to do the Dragon Stats, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the 7 Innings Podcast. It's time now for Shagging Stats. I'm going to start things out. We talked about the long ball. Chicks dig the long ball, and here's why. In this tournament, there are five teams that have hit 100 or more home runs. In the previous six years, there have only been five teams total. So when we say this is a hitter's delight, just tune in. You're going to love to watch this tournament. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. I love that. Okay, so my shagging stat is that nine is greater than seven, literally, and we know that's the truth, but because this year it's the first year of the new format. We used to be a seven-day format at the Women's College World Series. Now we have nine days. We have a day off before the Champ Series, and that's going to that's gonna be a big difference for the teams. And then the other thing I think that's important, too, it doesn't, it's not really about nine and seven, but um, we have replay review. How about that? So new format at the Women's College World Series. Good one. That's a lot of time with you guys, that extra time. We spend a lot you of time together at the Women's College World we Series. Do. We and I do love it. it yes. I would say secretly love it, but it's not a secret. Uh, my <laughs> shack and stat is looking at the host teams and the host states. So Florida has three host schools. Texas has zero. So I'm from Texas. Michelle is from Florida, and you're getting all the softball in your state. Right. What is up with that? Where are the Texas teams? <laughs> Court, which yours? Plug yeah. for the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. Yep, that's Florida. right. That's right. <laughs> all right, my shag and stat is sometimes when we need a shag and stat, we go to the book of BMO. 
And that is our own Beth Mowens, who is just a softball encyclopedia. She is going to be calling her 28th Women's College World Series this year. Mm -hmm. Beth, we missed you. Thank you for letting me pinch in for you. And uh, please come back soon. We can't wait to hear your voice on our softball broadcast. Beth is literally our softball brain. Like, if there's yes. any softball yes. question in America, we just go to Beth. And so we've missed you, my friend, and we can't wait to have you back. Yeah, awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. Guys, I think the one thing that we come out of this, too, is such a balanced bracket. So maybe we will see some upsets. And that's what our Twitter poll was about. We wanted to see what your reaction was to our question of which team outside of the top eight will advance to the Women's College World Series. And right wow. now it looks like Tennessee wow. and Washington are at the top with 28% apiece. But Clemson right there, I mean, it's pretty even. This is interesting to me because I think it speaks to the parity that we have this season. I Absolutely. think there's a lot of really good teams in the country, but I think we're all sleeping on Washington. You know, I think that, oh. you know, Gabby playing some of her numbers haven't been exactly what we expect from her, but I think Washington is a team that, could absolutely get there. Well, and Holly, you bring up a good point because now with the new format, you could really use one pitcher the whole way through. But again, the key for that is you have to stay in the winner's bracket. Well, and they have a hard road, too. The fact that they have Texas coming into Seattle and yep. that if they win and Arkansas wins, that they would face the SEC champs who have been so, so good this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be impressive. Guys, and there's just been this conversation. I know we only have a little bit of time left, but hitting versus pitching. I mean, we've seen hitting kind of move forward. How do you think that impacts this tournament? This is a hitter's year. Yeah. I, we've seen years in the past that it's been pitcher's duels, great pitching. This is a hitter's year. I think it has been all season. Now, those numbers don't lie. No, they don't. Uh, my last comment for the show is going to be that um, <laughs> <laughs> dominant, dominant pitching can take down dominant hitting. That's it. That's, yeah, we it can. <laughs> but when you look back at the teams who have won at the national champions the past 10 years, the, the smallest amount of home runs that have been hit by a team is 66. Even Alabama hit over 80 in 2012. I feel like you really have to be a team that can hit the long ball. If you have 30 or 40, it's just harder because you think of the big moments yeah. in the Women's College World yeah. Series and Super Regionals. It's that long ball yep. that can change the game, grab the momentum, and score runs in a hurry. Oklahoma's gone wire to wire, number one. Oklahoma, let's see if they can do it all. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ladies, it's been so much fun. And guess what? Our games start on Friday. Some notable matchups for you on Friday and the networks. Again, you can see every pitch of the Women's College World Series all the way through the championship series on our ESPN family of networks. Thanks so much for watching. Congratulations to all 64 teams in the tournament field. We'll see you on the softball diamond.